Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson, quarterback, Louisville. the bank the official podcast of at the ravens hub on instagram you can find our podcast on anchor which will direct you to all the different ways to listen to our podcast whether it be through spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and plenty more uh be sure to follow at inside the bank pod on instagram for updates and exclusive content regarding the podcast for today however i am your host justin of at the ravens hub joined by fellow co-hosts steven and andrew um we have uh, plenty of questions to kind of go over today. Uh, it was a very eventful weekend, uh, considering that everything that the Ravens needed to happen happened uh, to get into the playoff picture. But uh, th- that that's not it. We have to uh, win and we're in. But first off, um, let's kind of talk about what we saw from the Giants game. Uh, it, it was... It was it was a, a very good uh, victory in terms of it was it wasn't really close. Um, the Ravens kind of kept it kept it in uh, lock for uh, most of it. Um, but does anybody want to kind of go off of what what was the immediate thing that you saw that maybe impressed you or uh, concerned you? I think we were able to control the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball, and that enabled us to get the run game going extremely well as uh, Edwards ran for 85, Jackson obviously ran for 80, and then Dobbins ran for 77. And like I said last week, I think if we were able to run the ball on a sneaky good defensive line, um, we were able to control this game, like like similar to like how we would last year. Yeah, I was a lot more impressed. I didn't really have any concerns in general. I think we showed signs of uh, life kind of like last year's offense. And I think it's a perfect time for this to happen too. It's going on a good roll right now. Yeah. Uh, especially considering that it's the latter half of the season and uh, we need this kind of offense uh, to get us into the playoffs and not that early season offense that we had. Um, but yeah, like kind of like what you said, Andrew, I, I really think the offensive line did step up um, in terms of the rushing. We had that huge rushing attack, but I think it was the offensive line that really helped with that. Uh, because we had 249 rushing yards. And with Lamar, Gus, and Dobbins, all three of them went over 75 yards, which is pretty incredible to have three players go over 75 yards. Uh, that kind of reminds me of the 2019 offense when we uh, – when we that, that was kind of routine, you know. Uh, Lamar would go over 75. Uh, Gus Edwards would get maybe near 50, and Mark would go for over 100 almost every game. Um also, and then near the, the end of the season last year, also Justice Hill kind of got involved uh, when Ingram got a little hurt. But um, I, I'm very impressed with the offensive line, how they've stepped up so far. I'm very excited to see how uh, they do, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, in the playoffs, but I don't really want to jinx this just yet. Um, something else that maybe I, I have noticed is uh, Devin DuVernay. Um, we haven't really used him that much, and we – put him on a carry uh, this past game, and he got, uh, he got seven yards out of that. And I didn't really see him for much of the entire game after that, only on kick returns. Um, 
but I, I have a theory about that though. I'm I'm curious to see how you guys how you guys respond to this. But I think Duvernay is being saved for the playoffs, and the that that kind of reasoning, um, I think ties back to last year with Justice Hill when we saved uh, Justice Hill uh, for uh, that um, end of end end of the season push uh, when we were on that hot streak. You need to let Ingram rest, and then you just let Justice Hill go out everywhere. Um, I think I think this is the, kind of like the same thing with Duvernay. Uh, we could use him as a uh, kind of like a Debo Samuel type player. Um, there's just my thoughts. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, Devin Duvernay? Do you think he's being saved for the playoffs, or do you think that we just don't want to use him? I think that's a good theory. I really like the Samuel comparison. Um, honestly, with the way our receiving core is right now, I take any hope we can get, especially in the playoffs. And I, I think I like that theory. That's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I think that's also possible. Um, Greg Roman's probably got his got his playbook and he's dialed up some he's probably got some dialed plays dialed up for Devin Duvernay in his future probably in the playoffs saving some some tricky ones so considering Greg Roman leaves this year there's a lot of head coaching vacancies he gets shipped out of Baltimore he signs somewhere as a head coach who do the Ravens sign any targets and how does that affect the offense well, in house, in house, I think that James Urban would be the highest candidate for in house uh, signing, and for leave or looking for people in free agency. I believe last year, before we made it official that Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator, uh, we looked for someone either the offensive coordinator at like Navy or Army or one of those military schools. So that might be a possibility, but really, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, Andrew, you kind of just stole the answer right out of my mouth uh, with James Urban, uh, because I think that would be, in my opinion, a no-brainer. I obviously don't really know how James Urban could really fare as an offensive coordinator in that full-blown role, but from what I've seen, how he's worked with Jackson, uh, I believe that he knows Jackson the most out of anybody on the coaching staff, even Harbaugh or Roman, uh, specifically because he's worked so closely with him and he helped him from day one of his rookie year. So I would totally be uh, happy with the James Urban uh, promotion, but I, 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 I was a big critic of Greg Roman um, early in the season, but I think that's kind of why Flacco was set up to fail, and it's just because there was it was a revolving door at offensive coordinator. I think I think we should kind of put this um, put put all our eggs in one basket with uh, Roman and try to invest in Roman and just kind of kind of uh, put our, put our faith in him and, and maybe to keep Jackson, um, you know, with. Keep, keep keep that uh, stability for Jackson that Flacco maybe never had. Um, I, I agree with that. I mean, you can look at Cleveland. Mayfield struggled a lot. He's starting to pick it up now, starting to get more comfortable. I think Stefanski's a good coach, but they had so much turbulence in the front office for so many years to start his career. I mean, the stats show it. You can't argue with the facts. I like the, the point of stability. We need to keep that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that Browns comparison is uh, definitely a huge one. Um, 
but if we're going to talk about Greg Roman, uh, then let's talk about Don Martindale, uh, probably more likely to leave for a head coaching job. I saw a rumor on Twitter that uh, uh, Don Martindale uh, was rumored to be at uh, the top of or at the top of some of the list of uh, the Jets if they were to move on from Gaze. He, he would be one of their top choices, um, which it, they pretty much will – move on from gaze he's a dead man walking at this point but you know with uh, the possibility of losing wink martindale to a head coaching job how much of a hit would that do to the defense would it be maybe uh as as huge of a hit as maybe some other people expect or do you think maybe people uh are, are kind of over exaggerating maybe how important don is to the uh to the defense I, I think it would honestly be bigger than on if uh, Roman left. I, I don't know if you guys heard Weddle talk a couple of years ago, but he described a situation where half the time the Ravens bring down a safety, went to safety, or drop someone like Judon into coverage. There's so much. I mean, we mix it up so much. So much variety. I don't know how you you don't see that every day. It's hard to replace that, and I think that plays into our strength a lot. And probably could find someone like that, but I think he's a huge piece of his defense. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, losing Wink would be almost losing the whole identity of the defense, which is aggression and putting, making you make mistakes because there's so much confusion on the just on the line of scrimmage alone and also uh, people dropping out of coverage, into coverage. Um, who's going to blitz? Who's not going to blitz? Like, yeah, Wink just is such an aggressive coach i don't think anybody else in the league is like that and that would be a i think it'd be a huge loss yeah that's kind of uh what i've been thinking i i, I was in a, a ravens group chat and some people were talking about how they would almost welcome don leaving and i just couldn't imagine like imagining like thinking of martindale leaving and us being happy about it because he he took over for Pease and he made this defense probably better than what Pease did uh near the end of his ravens career um so i do think that would be a big hit and i hope we can uh retain him uh for next season. I think also what I'd add to the defense is um, it would, I think now that I think about it, I think we have the talent level that it wasn't, wouldn't be huge of an impact. I think we would just lose that aggressive identity that Wink brings to this team. So going back to the, the rushing attack, um, from what I've seen in the past five games or so, has our 2020 rushing attack reached the level of our 2019 rushing attack? And the reason I say this is because versus Giants, we had 249 on the ground. Against the Jags, we had 159. Against the Browns, we had 231. And against the Cowboys, we had 294. And these are all games that we've had Lamar back from COVID from since the Steelers game. So what do y'all think? Um, I, I wouldn't be ready to put, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be ready to put this, uh, to compare this to 2019. I think it's, it's incredibly, um, hard to have that efficient of a rushing offense again. Um, I, I can see similarities, um, but I just don't think that it can, I, I don't think we should really be putting it in the same kind of 
you know, category. Um, yeah, I can't agree with that. You know, twenty nineteens was very, it, it was very dominant, yeah. right? It was very, um, it was unbeatable, unstoppable, and they pounded um, the defense into submission last year. Um, I think if we had the twenty nineteen rushing offense against the Giants, we would have won this game by more than twenty seven. Yeah, I, I would be considering forties just just how much we would dominate time of possession. We wouldn't even let them touch the ball on offense for maybe, you know, like more than two minutes, uh, a drive. Um, so I think it's, it's, I like what we're doing in 2020 and it's, I certainly see similarities. Um, and I, I could see that it, it could become like a similar dominant offense. I just wouldn't be ready to, to, to call it better or as good. Yeah, Justin pretty much stole the words straight out of my mouth. Um, 2020 is decent. 2019, it was it was a game changer. It affected the offense, special teams. I mean, the whole flow of the game was controlled by the Ravens rushing offense. Not that we're not doing that now, but it was just a completely different level last year. It's, it's not even fair. So, I mean, it's close, but Justin said it perfectly. And yeah, so let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, let's talk free agency. So Judon, he's been playing really well recently. We all can notice that. So should the Ravens try to resign him, sign and trade him, get some value for him, or just let him walk? What do you guys think? That's that's a really hard question because in the past few weeks, we haven't played the toughest opponents, but he still played played up to those levels. I think so. Honestly, I don't – it's really hard. Depending on what he wants, I'd re-sign him. And I wouldn't give him, like, clowny, Yannick and Gakwe type money. I'd probably try to stay, like, 8 to 13. Like, 13 max, probably, a year. Um, yeah, that's a really hard one. Yep. I'm just ready for it to be over. I'm going to let him walk. I just want no part of Judon anymore. Uh, I appreciate what he's done for the team, but he hasn't done enough for me to warrant uh, another contract. Um, I can respect that he's a good player, um, and he could definitely make an impact somewhere else, but I just it, he's just not really that good of a fit uh, in Baltimore, really. Um, just we need a consistent pass rush and he just doesn't really bring that consistency. Um, and, you know, like when he does show up in a game, like he's doing now uh, in this, this, this late game stretch, you know, it's happening in like three game stints and then it fizzles out, you know, and he goes against uh, tight ends or unblocked and he gets these sacks and, you know, I'm I'm just ready to end it. Uh, I want I, I want him to walk. I would rather prioritize uh, Yannick, um, and maybe bet on a guy like Jalen Ferguson, or maybe resign one of the veterans we have in Prinell McPhee and Shahad Ward, um, or maybe look to the draft. Uh, the Ravens have had some pretty decent success with drafting uh, edge guys, um, and it depends with how they kind of go with Tyce Bowser and it depends on what Tyce Bowser asks for. I could see us re-signing him uh, if it's for cheap. I'm not really sure what he thinks his value is. Um, but if he thinks it's low enough, I would, I would 
resign him and Ngake without a second thought and just let Judon go. Um, but, you know, with with Judon, it's just I, I'm ready for it to be over. But going to the offense, offensive line uh, more specifically, though, um, I, I've noticed something like, remember what I said in uh, talking about the Ravens-Giants game? I said, this offensive line looks so different. Uh, I was like, well, what's 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 so different uh, about this offensive line in week 16 and week 17, where it that it was it was different from uh, how it looked when we lost Yonda and Stanley early in the season. What what has changed from this makeshift offensive line to a very good one? I honestly couldn't tell you straight off the top of my head. It's probably something more behind the scenes. I feel like someone like. Orlando Brown, who got the move to his natural position at left tackle, he's probably taken over and voiced himself more in the locker room, took more of a leadership role. Honestly, besides that, I think maybe just time starting to bond a little better. Otherwise, I really have no idea. Yeah, I can definitely agree with Stephen. I think the time bonding has really helped. And I think switching um, powers in at right guard and Makari to center has really helped. Um, I think they're able to dominate the run game more than, let's say, Skura and who else would be in there at right guard? Um, Perhaps Ben Bredesen. Yeah, uh, guys like that. Yeah, Tyree Phillips as well. I think Powers has uh, played great. I think think this is what we wanted to expect of Powers year three. But isn't it year two for him? Uh, Powers, yes, I believe yeah. this is the second year. Last year was his rookie year. I think he's, I think he's playing great. So, I think that's have really helped the line. And continuing on with the offense, do you guys think that Des Bryant has become a real red zone threat for this team? I think the reason why, uh, specifically, that we're seeing it more and more now, is that the Ravens are trying to heat him up for the playoffs. If we do make the playoffs. Um, with Des Bryant, he's three years removed from football. Uh, there's obviously still going to be some rust, and we've seen it a little bit. But I think as the games continue, as you get him more and more involved, you kind of build that confidence back up uh, where he can become that old Des again where he was uh, smack-talking defensive backs and he could actually uh, back it up. Um you know, with with Des Bryant, I think it's important to get him involved early and often in the red zone, and I think that's what we've been doing. So to answer your question, Andrew, yes, um, yes, I do, I do think that um, I do think that he has become a, a a very important red zone threat, and I think he will continue to become more of a red zone threat, maybe uh, in the Bengals game, uh, and hopefully the playoffs beyond. Yeah, I don't think it's only Des, in my opinion. I think. Whole offense is more deadly in the red zone recently. The run game, it's come back, it's more efficient, and I think everyone benefits from it. We're all playing more confidently, and Dez is going to score more. Marquise is going to score more. Everyone's going to score more. I think that's just everyone's benefiting from the run. Yeah, I like that analysis. I like that analysis a lot. So, uh, we've talked a lot about uh, kind of how the, the team has grown. Uh, through through this uh, season, uh, I'm curious. Uh, before we 
go uh, shift into uh, the Week 17 Bengals uh, talk. Uh, I'm curious to see, how would you guys summarize uh, this 2020-2021 season up until Week 17? One word. Weird. <laughs> um, I think... I think we lost our identity in the f- first half of the season. And then now we've really started to find it again post Steelers game. I think our defense and offense is heating up at the right time besides that Browns game for the defense. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, I think the whole season or the whole first half of the season, there was really a detach from our identity of mainly the offense but a little bit the defense i think but i think right now we've we've hit our identity we found it again and we've hit a groove and we're gonna ride that into the playoffs yeah uh andrew i think you've pretty much just summed it up perfectly and i think you can kind of compare this to how the 2019 started out however we found our identity much more earlier on uh than this year um but with with the 2020 Ravens, uh, it took a while. Uh, we didn't really know what we were. We lost Yonda, and uh, we tried to kind of make Jackson more of a pocket passer. Uh, I think back to the first meeting between the Bengals this season. Um, I remember we had him throwing way more than uh, we had him rushing or uh, one of our running backs rushing. Um, I think Dobbins maybe only had one carry that game. Um, we still beat the Bengals handedly, but it didn't look right. You know, we tried yeah. having Jackson throw too much. I think that's perfect. Trying to find our identity is, and that that, that pretty much sums up the season. And then yeah, the season also <laughs> has been very weird, especially with the COVID uh, quarantining and whatnot. Um, personally, I feel like I would summarize this as adversity. I think uh, the Ravens have uh, dealt with a bunch of adversity with a bunch of injuries and then COVID um, and losing, losing a lot of key players like Yonda and Stanley early in the season. Um, And, you know, you can see Lamar still producing and still winning December football, which is one of the most important times in football to win is to win with the playoffs on the line. Uh, Speaking of playoffs on the line, uh, week 17, Bengals. Um, on, on paper, um, this seems like a very easy win. However, uh, the Bengals have won their last five uh, week 17 matchups with the Ravens, with the most recent one being fourth and 12, Andy Dalton to Tyler Boyd to send the Ravens out of the playoffs and the Buffalo Bills into the playoffs. Now this year is a little different because the Buffalo Bills have clinched the playoffs and the uh, Bengals uh, by beating Baltimore could possibly, I believe, send um, the Browns into the playoffs if they win and the Colts. Um, not sure about that, but uh, they it's a, it's a kind of a similar situation with different teams. Um, what is important uh, to preach and say in practice before this game that we should win. We should. I'm going to say the same thing that I've said for the past couple of weeks. Play your own game. Don't beat yourself. If another four to 12 happens, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm <laughs> very mad. 
So leave it at that. Don't beat yourself. No stupid penalties, no turnovers. That's all you got to do. Yeah, don't beat yourself and keep our foot on the gas. Really, this should be a playoff game for us because also the Bengals have been playing good football recently. They just beat the Texans in the shootout. Um, yeah, so keeping our foot on the gas, don't take this light because the Bengals have been playing good. Why? How? Yeah. I'm not yeah, I'm not entirely sure how the Bengals are playing really well right now, especially with some of their injuries. Uh, I think it's Zach Taylor trying to play for his job. Um, but regardless, I like what you said about the playoff game. I think that is a good mindset to kind of approach this uh, this game as a playoff game. Then you won't overlook your opponent, uh, the Bengals. Uh, you will play your own game, like Steven said. Um, do what you do best. Don't do anything more. Don't do anything less. Um, especially with the Bengals, you can't, you can't let them make this a game, a close game. You can't, uh, you can't beat yourself because that's how they're gonna do this to you. It, it's gonna happen. It's gonna be a close game, and it's gonna come down to a fourth down. However, I still think there's some light at the end of the tunnel uh, for this for this game, especially because Jackson's first start was against the Bengals, and it was a close game, and uh, it was it was like a Navy Army style offense where it was just a lot of rushing, and it was interesting to see. But I'm getting away from the point. The point is, it came down to a fourth down, um, and the Ravens defense held Andy Dalton when he tried to throw it to Cody Core, Marlon Humphrey with the pass deflection, and uh, the Ravens win. Um, hopefully, that was a sign of the Ravens putting away their, their demons uh, from week 17 of 2017. But, you know, that, that trend still lies, and players will always still be playing for their coach, like how they played for Marvin Lewis. These players will play for Zach Taylor. Um, so you have to be very, you have to be very careful because their mindset is a little different than yours. Their mindset is we've got nothing to lose, and uh, for the Ravens, they have everything to lose. Um, so with that, uh, any final any final thoughts about the Ravens Giants game? Uh, maybe a Week Seventeen uh, Bengals game or uh, anything in, in particular? I have something completely off topic here. Well, two things. One. Apparently, Julio Jones, a couple of rumors out today. He's on the trade market, apparently, or he potentially might be. Says so someone to keep an eye on. Third and a fifth. <laughs> I don't the know. Picasso would probably Hopefully. pull that off, though. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, in terms of teams, if we make the playoffs, that we might not want to face the Bills are visiting with Kenny Stills at the moment. A deal seems imminent. So that's something else to keep an eye on in case we can make it there. Because I think right now we are slated to play the Bills or maybe Steelers, but it's right around there. So we'll see what happens. I'll keep your foot on the pedal. This is a playoff game, Ravens. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm gonna take back what I said about the Bills. Not really. I'm not believing the Bills. I watched them on primetime, just completely smack the Patriots, and they did everything that I said they couldn't. <laughs> so I'm. I'm. I'm impressed with the Bills, and now I don't really want to play them. I still like the matchup, but I. I. I'm afraid to play them a little bit more now. And Kenny Stills, uh, he's still. He's still a very good veteran. Uh, so if they. Uh, they do end up signing him. That's even more uh, wide receivers uh, to a very, very deep offense. Um, But uh, with that being said, um, thank you guys for uh, another episode of inside the bank uh, official podcast of at the Ravens on Instagram. As always special thanks to Steven and Andrew for being my co-hosts.
Again, you can find our podcast on Anchor, which will direct you to all the different ways to listen to our podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Be sure to follow at Inside the Bank Pod on Instagram for updates and exclusive content regarding the podcast. Until next time on Inside the Bank, fingers crossed, hopefully we win. See you guys. Thank you.